Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special topical study on the Holy Spirit, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. For our time in the Word this morning, we come to the end of our list of the Holy Spirit, uh, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We talked about the last time we were together, and we finished that list that's found in chapter 12, verses 7 through 11. We finished the list. We talked about the Word of Wisdom, the gift of faith, the gift of healing, the working of miracles, the gift of prophecy, discerning of spirits, different kinds of tongues, and interpretation of tongues. If you weren't here, you can pick up the CD if you're interested to order. And this morning we come to a second list of gifts in this chapter. We'll conclude chapter 12 this morning. Next week we're going to move to Romans chapter 12 where we will find yet another listing of the gifts of the Spirit. And there we'll be in Romans chapter 12 for two weeks. And then after that, we'll move to Ephesians chapter 4, where we will find yet another list of the gifts of the Spirit, and there will be for one week. Then we'll conclude our series on the Holy Spirit, as we started this series several months ago. We'll conclude this series on the Holy Spirit, talking about the baptism of the Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. What is that, and what in the world does that mean? There's a lot of speculation. We hope to biblically clear that up in our last study in this series on the Holy Spirit. And then when we are done there, we're going to move to the Gospel of Matthew. We're going to do a verse-by-verse study on Sunday morning in the Gospel of Matthew, and we'll probably be in the Gospel of Matthew until Jesus comes back. And so so plan to join us for that, if you will. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 this morning, we're going to pick up our study beginning in verse 12. Saints, if you are there, say a hearty amen. For as the body is one and has many members, but all are the members of that one body, being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit, notice this, we are all baptized into one body, whether Jew or Greek or slave or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. Now, we got to stop right there. we got to clear this up because there's so many people who use this particular text to talk about being baptized in water. Water immersion is what they might use this text for. When in fact, that's not quite what Paul is talking about. As a matter of fact, that's not at all what Paul is talking about. Paul is talking about a baptism of a common immersion in the spirit that all believers have when you give your life to Jesus Christ, when you trust Christ. The Bible says, listen, when you give your heart and your life to Jesus Christ and you trust him as your Lord and your Savior, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit comes to live with inside of you at that time. 
And he transfers you from the kingdom of darkness and death into the kingdom of light and life, which is in Jesus Christ. And now you're a born-again Christian. And now, get this, you are a member of a really, really big family. It's called the family of God, the church, the bride of Christ. That would be you and me. You see, that's one of the reasons why we don't have membership here at Calvary Chapel. We don't have membership. We don't have membership. People ask me often, well, how can I sign up? How can I be a member of this church? And I say, well, are you a Christian? Yeah. You believe Jesus died for your sins and rose again? Yeah. And, and you're going to live your life for him? Yeah. Give your heart totally to him? Yeah. Well, then you are a member. What you talking about, Willis? All my life I've been joining churches. And signing up on the roll and the roster, and that made me a member. Does that make me a member? No. Just because you come to church does not make you a member. What makes you a member of the body of Christ, of the bride of Christ, of the church, is that you trust Christ, and he is your Lord, and he's your Savior, and you're already a member. That's why we don't have membership. It's just another piece of paper we have to keep up with. If you know what I'm talking about, say amen. You know what I'm saying? It's just kind of like, well, Why? So when you become a Christian, you are baptized by the Spirit of God from the kingdom of Satan into the kingdom of God. And now you're a part of the body of Christ. That's what Paul is talking about, and that's what he's going to go on to continue to talk about. Notice in verse 14, for in fact, the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, am I not of the body? Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, that would be a trip. <laughs> well, can you imagine like, you're, like one big eye? I don't know, it's kind of funny to me. I mean, if the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? And if the whole were hearing... Like a big ear, if your whole body was an ear, well, where would the smelling be? But now God has set the members, underline verse 18, very, very important, saints. But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now indeed they are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor. And our unpresentable parts have greater modesty, but our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given greater honor to that part which lacks it that there should be no schisms or divisions or problems in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. And if one member suffers, this is true whether you agree with it or not, if one member suffers, what? All members suffer with it. And if one member is honored, what? All the members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ. And members individually. Now stop right there. Give me your attention. Paul is using this brilliant illustration of the human body. 
to relate how the body of Christ works. Every cell, just as every cell in the human body is linked by a common root, a common DNA code, yet parts of our physical body, they look different, they work different, they have different function and different purpose, even so, there's a great diversity in the body of Christ, both in appearance and function, and yet each member has a common root and a common goal. Each one of us is gifted by the Holy Spirit differently, and every gift is vital. No gift is better than the other. Someone once said, I think my pastor said it a long time ago, there's no big eyes and little U's. Amen, saints? The pastor's not more important than you. The assistant pastor's not more important than the children's ministry. The gift of tongues is no better than the gift of mercy. We're all the same. And the Holy Spirit is the one who gives the gifts, the Bible says even severally, as he wills. All of this is up to God. Every gift is vital. Every gift is necessary. And no one gift is greater than another. Every gift is useful and necessary. Now I want you to notice I had you underline verse 18. Question. Why is the foot a foot and the hand a hand? Well, because verse 18 tells us because it pleased God to make it so. So the hand can't take pride in being a hand and the foot doesn't need to be ashamed because it's a foot because each member is serving in the place that God pleases. Now keep in mind, it is God who sets the members in the body as he pleases, not you. How often in the body of Christ, I as a pastor have seen many, many times, unfortunately, people get dissatisfied with where God has placed them in the body. And they get displeased with where God has placed them in the body or the member, that part of the body that God has made them. And people get dissatisfied and they try to move up out of their place. I mean, think about it like this. If there was any part of the body, any part of the human body that has room for complaint, it would be the big toe. I mean, think about it. Think with me. I mean, if the big toe began to become discouraged and bummed out because it was at the bottom of the body and it said, you know, I'm bummed out. I'm at the bottom of the body, you know, I'm down here, it's dark, it's smelly, it's damp, it's cramped. I'm the only part of the body that gets a bunion. I mean, what's up with that? I mean, I don't want to be where I am. I think I'll move up, the big toe might say. And so the big toe moves up to the kneecap. And it is totally insane. Sorry, you guys, I couldn't help it. Toe, totally insane, get it? I'm sorry. I got a lot of those. You want to hear some more? Okay. Everybody's like, no, brother, no. No, amen, hallelujah. No, 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 praise the Lord. And so it says, you know, I'm, uh, even on the kneecap, the, the big toe planted itself on the kneecap and it said, you know, I, I'm, I'm not satisfied here either, you know. I think I'll move up and I'll plant myself on the nose. Well, that would be crazy. Not only would it be crazy, it would look weird. And not only would it be crazy and look weird, but it would affect, listen, the way the body 
functions. What? Yeah. You see, if your, your big toe is really important. I mean, we kind of ignore it. We just kind of clip it and cut it and spray it and whatever it is. Never mind. But, but it's a very important, small, but yet important member of the body. See, without your big toe, did you know you could not keep your balance? Without your big toe, without my big toe, I'm glad for my big toes because I can stand here and preach the gospel to you and not, oh, and lose my balance because of my big toe. Now, it's a small member, but a very, very important member. And God knows that because God is smart. Amen, saints? God is so smart. God knows that. And that's why God says that's, we need to trust him to allow him to place us as members of the body of Christ so that we can function in that part of the body that God has called us to properly. It's so important. Each part is important. What if your leg decided it didn't want to be the leg anymore and it just moved and planted itself up on your shoulder? Well, that'd be weird. Or what if the foot just said, you know what? I'm tired of being the foot. I don't want to be the foot anymore. I think I want to be the mouth. Now, we know some people have a foot-shaped mouth, but you know what I'm saying. And it just, I'm going to beat a mouth. That's weird. It's affecting the function of the body. So whatever Paul is making the point, listen, saint, whatever place God has placed you in, whatever part of the body God has made you, then just be there. Function there. Exercise your gift Right there. Don't try to be something you're not. If God made you a big, fat, smelly, dark, damp, cramped, big toe, then be happy. Because that's where God has placed you. Now, beginning in verse 28, notice in your Bibles, and God has appointed these in the church. First apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles, and then gifts of healing, helps, administration, varieties of tongues or various kinds of tongues. And now in verse 29, Paul begins to ask a series of rhetorical questions. Are all apostles? No. Are all prophets? No. Are all teachers? No. Are all workers of miracles? No. Do all have the gifts of healing? No. Do all speak with tongues? No. Do all interpret? No. Now, look, it's clear. Listen, it's clear. The Bible's clear. Where do people get this teaching that if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, then you will speak in tongues. And if you don't speak in tongues, then you're not born again. Where do they get that teaching from? That's not in the Bible. As a matter of fact, contrary, the Bible says, do all speak in tongues, saints? No. Hello. It's not that difficult, McFly. Do all speak? No. Do all have the same gifts? No. Do all interpret? No. God has given every man a gift and every woman a gift severally as he wills. But notice in verse 31, Paul says, but earnestly desire the best gift. The best gift. And yet I show you a more excellent way. Now, We have here, give me your attention, we have here the beginning of the second listing of gifts, but we're not going to cover each of them this morning because, one, some of them we've already talked about earlier in this chapter, 
and some of them we'll cover in another list. They're kind of duplicated here. So we're going to pass over the gifted office of apostle, prophet, and teacher. We'll talk about that when we get to Ephesians chapter 4. You know that. And we've already talked about miracles and healings and tongues. So this morning, in the remainder of our time together, we're going to talk about two more gifts. The gift of helps and the gift of administration. And what I want to do is kind of just shift it around a bit and first talk about the gift of administration. And then we'll talk about the gift of helps. The gift of administration, if you're a note taker, you know I encourage you to be so. The gift of administration. I would define this gift, listen, as the supernatural ability from God to administrate or govern, especially as it relates to ministry. The supernatural ability from God to administrate or govern, especially as it relates to ministry. Now, the gift of administration is also named in the book of Romans chapter 12, verse 8. And it says, he who leads leads with diligence. Administration or this gift of administration is also the gift of leading or leadership. The word administration means to steer. It means to direct. It means to pilot. It means to govern. Now, we've been talking about the gifts. Stay with me. We've been talking about the gifts. And we've been pointing out each week, been trying to point out that each of the gifts that are given are supernatural gifts. They're not natural talents. Don't confuse it. It's not a natural talent. There are some people who have natural talent. Some people have a natural talent to administrate. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a supernatural gifting, a supernatural empowering from the Holy Spirit, a gift given to you that you might govern and exercise that gift in the body of Christ for the purpose and for the glory of God and for the good of people. For God's glory and for others' good. That's what we're talking about. It's a supernatural thing. Now, what's the difference? Well, there are people with a natural talent to administrate. You probably know some. And these people get the job done. You can count on it. They will get the job done. But they'll get the job done at whatever cost. They'll get the job done and they'll bulldoze over other people because they have a gift to administrate. They know what they're doing. They're very good at it and they will get the job done. Even if they have to bulldoze over people and do whatever it takes, but they will get the job done. Those are people with natural fleshly talents to administrate. But what we're talking about here is those who have a supernatural gift from the Holy Spirit. And that person who has a supernatural gift from the Holy Spirit to administrate, that person will be using their gift with a sensitivity from the Holy Spirit. Why, you ask? Because it is a gift of the Spirit, from the Spirit. And they'll use that gift with a sensitivity from the Holy Spirit. There will be a joy in their life and a fulfillment, a sense of fulfillment in their life as they exercise the gift that God has given them. Now, we've often seen, I have seen, a brother gave me a packet probably so thick that was the gift test. How do you know your gift? And take the gift test. And I saw that packet, and I don't have time for that thing. 
I mean, it's like a, a, a one million questions, you know, on, on the gifting. Then you get to the bottom of it and you're supposed to total up your scores to tell you what your gift is. And, and you realize that can't be my gift. I hate doing that. I mean, I hate that. How can that be my gift? I hate doing that. Well, nine times out of ten, that's not your gift. Because the gift that God gives you, listen, the gift that God gives you, you'll find a sense of excitement and joy and fulfillment. When you do the thing that God has called you to do, you will be so excited. You'll feel so fulfilled. You'll feel like this is right. You'll hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. You know that still and quiet voice? You know what I'm talking about. That says, this is right. This is what you're supposed to be doing. I know that's not a word supposed to be. But that's what you're supposed to be doing. It's tongues, okay? It's tongues. But that voice inside will say, that's what you're supposed to be doing. This is what feels right. This is what feels good. This is that deep peace that's in your life and in your heart. I know my gift, and, and I feel right, and I feel good when I'm exercising the gift that God has given me in teaching. God has given me the gift of teaching. And remember, the gift of prophecy, remember we talked about that, is the foretelling of the word of God. So oftentimes you'll see the gifts kind of overlap and kind of intertwine with one another. And God has given me a gift to teach the Bible and to prophesy, to foretell the things of God. And I absolutely love teaching the Bible. I love teaching the Bible. I love teaching the Bible. When I teach the Bible, I feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I feel like this is right. This is, I, this is the time I feel really fulfilled. Like this is what God really called me to do. And this is the time in which I'm most happiest. When I'm doing what God called me to do. When I'm teaching the Bible. And I got to teach the Bible. And that's another thing about your gift. You got to use it. You got to use it. You know, Paul said, stir up the gift, Timothy, that is within thee. Don't neglect the gift. Stir it up. And you got to stir it up because Jeremiah said it like this. He said, it's like fire shut up in my bones. I have to do it. If I don't do it, I'm not going to be whole. I'm not going to be at peace. And when I am doing it, I am whole and I am at peace. And sometimes if you feel like you're not, at, you're not whole and you're not at peace, well, maybe you're not doing what God called you to do. Every single person in this room, if you're a Christian, every single one of you, you have a gift. God has given you a gift. And he's given you that gift that you might use it for his glory and for others' good. And if you're not using that gift, guess what? You're ripping me off, man. And I don't like that. You don't want none of this. You see, you're ripping me off because it's a gift that God has given you that you might use to bless me. And my gift is used to bless you. And if you don't use your gift, you're not going to feel whole. You're going to feel like something's missing in my Christianity. What is it? What is it? Could be that you're not using the gift God's given you. And you're not functioning in that place of the body. You're not taking your place in the body of Christ. Because when you do, you'll be taking that place in the body of Christ and you'll feel fulfilled. And so it is true with this gift of administration. True story. True story. A guy by the name of, of Anthony Green. He won first prize, $5,000 in the best use of duct tape contest. Can you believe it? He patched up the wing of a plane and he flew it from Guatemala to Honduras. True story. 
And I thought to myself when I read that, you know, there are some people in the body like Anthony Green who just know how to patch things up and make them fly. They have a feeling of how things should happen and they do things decent and in order. They have a gift of administration or leadership. They have a gift to keep things functioning in a way that the Lord can move and that God can work. Now, the Bible has a lot to say about people who have this gift of leadership, this gift of administration. Paul writing to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 18. Paul says, let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 7, remember those who rule over you, who have spoken the word of God to you, whose faith follow, considering the outcome of their conduct. In other words, as you look at those in leadership over you and you see their godly life, you should consider the outcome of that life and you should desire to live that kind of godly life. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17, obey those who have rule over you and be submissive for they watch out for your souls as those who must give an account and let them do so with joy and not with grief for that would be unprofitable for you. Some have this gift of leadership and this gift of administration. The second gift we want to talk about this morning is the gift of helps. The gift of helps. I would define the gift of helps as the supernatural ability from God to help and assist, especially as it relates to ministry. The supernatural ability from God to help and assist as it relates to ministry. Now, this gift is exercised in many, many, many different ways. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.